When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 171. Today's episode is your guide to financial miracles. I believe that the reason women have so much difficulty with money, making it or managing it, has so little to do with money and has everything to do with their fear of or ambivalence about power. Because we don't understand what power means from a feminine perspective. A powerful woman is someone who knows who she is, who knows what she wants, and expresses that in the world unapologetically. What that means is power means becoming all of who we are meant to be and not watering ourselves down so we don't make waves or we're scared. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends. First of all, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you're always updated about new episodes. Plus, you want to know basically the best way to give back to your favorite podcasts? Actually, go to the iTunes app and leave a five star review. Reviews are scientifically proven to make me love you more. That's just how it is. I love you when you leave me a review. You sit in my heart for days at a time. No, but seriously, they really help the growth of the show. They're probably the number one thing that you can do besides supporting my sponsors or joining the membership. So it's an easy, free way to give back to a podcast you love. And if you do leave me a review, send it to me at mindlovemelissa on Instagram, and I'll send you a free meditation track. Today, I'm going to read a review from Mistress Envy 513. She says, This podcast has been so very informative and beneficial to me on my self love journey. I highly recommend this to everyone. Every show is helpful. Thank you so much for all the hard work you're doing, Melissa. Well, thank you so much for leaving this review. I swear these pregnancy hormones make these reviews feel even more special to me. So I love you. Have you ever considered that the biggest difference between the wealthy and the average household earner? might just be their mindsets. I think about this even just in comparing my 20-year-old self to my 35-year-old self. Back then, it took me months to scrape together a few hundred dollars for spring break. It felt like I was spending all of my money. And now I'm like, hmm, this $350 brain-sensing meditation headband seems totally worth it. Purchased. Or my 20-year-old self would spend like $35 a week on food because I was living on Hot Pockets. And now I might drop $35 a week on matcha lattes alone. It's all relative, right? But how does our perception of money and its value affect our ability to get more of it? For example, if I have never had a total sum of $50,000 in my bank account... That amount might feel out of reach if I'm going into a meeting with investors and trying to talk them into giving it to me. Versus, if $50,000 is small change, I've raised it before, this is just a part of the process, my confidence will be different in asking for it. 
It will feel accessible, so I'll bring a different energy to that meeting. I noticed this too with courses and coaching. Before I had invested any money in myself, the idea of spending even a few hundred dollars on a course seemed crazy. But then I dipped my toes in. I spent $600 on a course, then $750 another year, then eventually upwards of $22,000 on a program, which sounds crazy to some people, but it was highly worth it, by the way, and paid for itself in what I was able to create from the knowledge I received from it. So now the perceived value I have of those things has evolved. So when I'm creating something that I know has value, it's easier for me to confidently ask for that value in return. And this isn't just for entrepreneurs. This goes for asking for a higher starting salary or a raise or even additional benefits. So as we get used to having, spending, earning different sums of money, our mindsets around money change. And often, even our own self-worth changes. And when our self-worth changes, we feel more powerful. We know our worth, so we go out and get it. Now, I know life isn't all about the money. But up to a certain amount, money can really reduce stress. Money is still the number one thing that couples fight about. Money is the leading cause of stress. It changes our self-beliefs. It creates more opportunities. So while money shouldn't be what you value the most in life, it can be a really great support system for whatever it is you value. More vacations with your family. You can give more. You can invest in yourself. You can free up time outsourcing the parts of your life that you don't really like to do. You can treat yourself to life's little luxuries. Honestly, money is great. But if all you know about money is the struggle, that mindset shift can feel impossible. Well, today we're learning that problems with money are never really about the money. So where do our problems with money come from? And how do we start to develop a wealth mindset? That's what we're talking about today. Our guest is Barbara Hewson. She's the leading authority on women, wealth, and power, and she's on a mission to revolutionize women's relationships with money. She says that most women's problems with money have little to do with money itself, but rather with their fear of or ambivalence toward power. She's going to teach us how to earn the money we deserve and build the wealth we desire. And if you're not a woman, don't worry. She specializes in women, but this knowledge really is applicable to anyone. So three key things we will learn are why so many women are under earners, how men and women differ in the way they process financial information, and how to rewire our brains for financial success. But before we dive in, do you wish you could start each day with a little reminder of how powerful you really are? Just sign up for the Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational messages right to your inbox. I get messages from people every single day about how the morning mind love is their favorite way to start their day, or that the message that came through is exactly what they needed to hear. It's kind of like your own personal inspiration oracle. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do, like a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to your highest self. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a booklet of my personal power list to help you gain clarity and live each day with intention. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Barbara Hewson to the show. 
Thanks, Melissa. Thank you so much for inviting me. Appreciate it. So how did you begin working with or helping women understand money better? It's amazing that I'm doing this. This is not something I ever thought I'd be doing. But um, I grew up wealthy. My father was the R of H&R Block, and the only advice he ever gave me about money was don't worry and don't worry. And under that was the unspoken assumption there'll always be a man to take care of you. Well, I loved that advice. I, I didn't <laughs> understand money. I just wanted to spend it. And I married a man who was a lawyer. Then he was a stockbroker, and then he went to work for Block. So he was perfect. Well, what I found out very early in our marriage is that he was a compulsive gambler. And I found out every year for 15 years, many times a year, I found out that he was gambling my money, my inheritance away. And the insane part, Melissa, is I continued to let him manage the money for 15 years because that's how intimidated and terrified I was by anything financial. And finally, after our divorce, I decided money is not my thing. I do not want to deal with money. Well, I will tell you, I have this theory now that if you don't deal with your money, your money will likely deal with you. And I got tax bills for way over a million dollars for back taxes my ex didn't pay, for illegal deals he got us in. My signature was on everything because I signed what he told me to sign. I did not have anywhere close to a million. I mean, not even close. And my my ex had left the country and my father wouldn't lend me the money. And that was the moment. That was the moment I knew I had to get smart. I had three daughters. I was not going to raise them on the street. And so I started reading books and going to classes and doing all the things you're supposed to do. And my eyes would glaze over and my brain would fog up. And I just figured I was terminally stupid. But I really believe when you have a commitment, like a down to your toes commitment, the universe revolves to help you reach your goal. And I was a journalist writing for the San Francisco Business Times. And I got hired for a research project to interview women who were smart with money. And those interviews changed my life. I not only got smart about money, <laughs> but I suddenly had this whole new career. I, I, I wrote my first book, Prince Charming Isn't Coming, How Women Get Smart About Money. And I was suddenly traveling around the country and doing financial education for women. And it was amazing, but I couldn't make money. I couldn't, no matter how hard I worked. So I interviewed women who made lots of money and I started making six figures before I even finished writing that next book, Secrets of Six Figure Women. And then seven books later, here I am <laughs> talking to you and <laughs> doing financial therapy with women. Wow. I, first of all, relate to part of what you said. I ended up dating a gambling addict who nearly ruined my life, but I will also thank him for my rock bottom that <laughs> sent me uh, on a new path. But I'm curious because I know a lot of people assume there's a difference between the mindsets of the wealthy versus the mindsets of the average household, in, household income or uh, those in poverty. But I do like the differentiation between, I mean, you grew up wealthy, but you were never necessarily the earner. So I'm curious when you were interviewing these women who had made over six figures themselves, what was your biggest takeaway? Was there anything that surprised you? So you mean from my second book, Secrets of Six Figure Women? Yes. Yeah. There were, there were a lot of things that surprised me. One of the big things that surprised me was how these women were making so much money. 
<laughs> and they were very confident. And I expected them to be very confident. But as we got deeper into our interviews, I saw how every single one struggled with fear, struggled with self-doubt, and how many were felt like a fraud and were terrified other people were going to find out. And I, at the time, a chronic under-earner, thought, holy moly, this is exactly how I feel. But the difference between them and me is they didn't let the fear stop them. They didn't let the self-doubt stop them. They, they did it anyway. That was part of probably a watershed moment that I, I really realized that the key to overcoming under-earning, the key to going to the next level in your life in anything, I don't care whether it's making more money or losing more weight, it's being willing to stretch to do what you're scared to do, to do what you don't think you can do, to try to do what feels impossible. You know, I ask under earners, when's the last time you did something you thought you couldn't do? And they'd say, uh, oh, no, no. And they'd scratch their head. And I ask high earners, when's the last? And they say, they'd laugh. It's a way of life all the time. They had what I call a, a six-figure slogan. If it's not illegal or immoral, I just say yes. So what I, the key to that for me is, there, there are many keys, but the key to going to the next level is the willingness to be uncomfortable, the willingness to do what you fear. So I know that for a lot of women that I know, or anybody really, they might not realize that they are an under earner because they're used to making justifications for why they're earning that much. How do you know when you're an under earner? And, and what do you do when you realize it? <laughs> Okay, so an under earner is anyone who earns less than she needs or desires despite her efforts to do otherwise. If you ever hear yourself saying, I wish I made more money, but you are an under earner, because an under earner has nothing to do with the amount you make. You can make six figures and still be an under earner, and you can make far less and not be. I have three I have three daughters. One one's a stay-at-home mom. But one of my daughters is a farmer and one is a journalist. Neither one of them are high earners. But they're making they're doing what they love because it and it feeds their soul and they're making enough that meet their needs. Under earning is never feeds your soul. It is always a condition of deprivation and not just of money, but of of, of time, of choices, of joy, and most of all of self-esteem. When you realize that this might be something that you're struggling with, which I'm sure there's plenty of people out there, especially with everything that we're going through this year, how do you start to get out of it? Is the first step really working with the mindset or are there actionable steps where you're also integrating yeah. your career? We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. 
But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. And now for another episode of lies we've been told about our health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. When you realize that this might be something that you're struggling with, which I'm sure there's plenty of people out there, especially with everything that we're going through this year, how do you start to get out of it? Is the first step really working with the mindset or are there actionable steps where you're also integrating your career? So the first step is to tell the truth, is to tell the truth about what's not working. Tell the truth about where you are unhappy, what is causing the problem. Because so many of us, we lie to ourselves. Just tell the truth without having to have a solution in place. Just what is not working. A problem ignored is a crisis invited, said somebody. I forget who. But the idea is to tell the truth about what's not working. What's not working in your personal life, what's not working in your work life. Tell the truth about what's not working. The second step is to declare an intention. What is is it you want to do? What is it you want? An intention is different than a goal. A goal is a desire to achieve something. An intention is a commitment to get there no matter what. So tell the truth about what's not working. Declare an intention without having to have the how-tos in sight. What is your intention? And it could be My intention is to make X amount of dollars. My intention is to change jobs. My intention is without having to have the how to's. And the third step, and this is this is the magic of it. The third step, if your intention is absolutely what you really want, not what you say you want, but what you really want. If that if you are really committed to it, two things will happen. These coincidences will show up. Coincidences, just like All of a sudden, you'll open the paper and there's exactly 
advice you need. You'll sit down next to someone and they have exactly what you need. And the thing about the coincidences, they, they're disguised, they're opportunities in disguise. But the thing is, you won't want to do them. You'll go into resistance. And that is normal because those coincidences always lies outside your comfort zone. And the third step, so the first step is to tell the truth about not working. The second is to declare an intention. And the third is to stretch, to go beyond what feels comfortable, but to what seems impossible by taking advantage of those coincidences, those synchronicities, those things, those opportunities that fall in your lap. And the fourth is you need to get lots of support, a lot of support from people, because especially women, we women are so relational oriented. We need support. And the fifth step is to appreciate and take care of money, because just because you earn a lot of money doesn't mean you keep it. I have found that especially people that are under earners, a lot of it comes from self-doubt. They might doubt their own worth or what they can actually bring to the table when it comes to an earning situation. And because of that, that doubt tends to leak through to the steps that we're trying to move through along the way. So for example, setting that intention. I know so many people that I've worked with that are in limbo of like, do I want to create this? Should I be working with a dollar amount? Should I be working with uh, finding my purpose? Whatever it is, what tips do you have on getting really clear about or even just setting a good intention that'll motivate you to actually go through all these steps? So let me just back up. I believe that the reason women have so much difficulty with money, making it or managing it, has so little to do with money and has everything to do with their fear of or ambivalence about power. Because we don't understand what power means from a feminine perspective. And I define power. A powerful woman is someone who knows who she is, who knows what, what she wants, and expresses that in the world unapologetically. What that means is power means becoming all of who we are meant to be become, and not watering ourselves down because so we don't make waves or we're scared. So the power question, the question you start with in taking back your power, because that's all, really, that's all we're talking about, overcoming, under-earning, creating wealth. It's all about taking your power back, knowing who you are, what you want, and expressing that in the world unapologetically. And the question is, what do I want? And that that's the question that you need to answer. And that's the question that I believe is not just a practical process, but is also a spiritual practice. It's really tuning in to what brings you joy, looking at your past, what you've really loved. And I used to be a career counselor way back, way, way, way back. And people would come into my office and they were confused. Of course, they wouldn't come to me unless they were confused. In the first 20 minutes, they told me what they wanted. It took me at least six weeks to get there because it's clearing away all the cobwebs, all the self-doubt, all the clearing it away so that they can see what is in their heart. So a lot of what we're talking about is specific to women. And I know that it comes up often that women are under earners or women have more doubts when they're starting a business and what have you. Why is it that men and women differ so much in this way? Is it that they're processing financial information differently? I believe it's a lot of how we were raised and not just our age, but for generations, how men and women have been groomed. Men from the beginning of time have been generally raised to be the breadwinners. 
that was their job. And women, we've been raised to be, generally speaking, financially dependent. What I believe, the reason so many women are under earners and we aren't living the life we want, there's many reasons, but I believe it boils down to three, is that we women give our experience, our knowledge, our skills away for free or bargain prices because we don't believe we are worth more. And this is part of the way we've been raised. It's ancestral upbringing, but we don't believe we're worth more. And as a result, we tend to be so notoriously codependent. We put everybody else's needs above ours. And and I'm not just saying our family or our friends, but people we work with, total strangers. But every time we go to put ourselves first, which is a key to overcoming under earning, we feel uncomfortable. We feel guilty. And that is right there what I was saying before. It's the willingness to be uncomfortable. Because part of self-doubt, overcoming self-doubt, I once heard this, I love this saying, I love it. This, this quote, confidence is a memory of success. So the more often we do something we don't think we can do, and even if we don't do it at first, when we fall down and we get back up and keep going, that is how you build success. Success comes from adversity. I mean, confidence comes from adversity and overcoming our fear. So when we are working towards really getting a hold of our mindset, kind of redefining our problems about money, realizing that they're not usually about the money. There's normally a different root cause. We're working towards this idea of wealth, but do we have misconceptions about that? What is the best way to really look at wealth in a way that's going to serve us actually achieving it? So I'm going to back up here too. There is three levels of financial development. There is survival there's stability, and there's affluence. Survival is not enough. Stability is just enough. And affluence is more than enough. And so survival, so wealth, so you go in to talk about wealth. So wealth, I define wealth is not an amount. <laughs> it is not an amount. Because I know women, I know people who have millions, but they do not feel financially secure. They do not feel powerful. They do not trust themselves and they are not protecting themselves financially. I know women who have far less and feel bountiful because that it, it's a matter of wealth is when you know you are in charge of your money and not your money is in charge of you. You know, understand how to manage money. So wealth is having more than enough. And that differs for everybody. Did I answer your question? You did. And what comes up for me is I know a lot of women who, or people in general, where they are striving for wealth, but at the same time, they tend to have like a hole in their pocket, <laughs> myself included. I tend to overspend when the less money I have, it's like the more money I want to spend. It's like my way of feeling, trying to feel those wealth feelings when I'm not there. And often when I'm doing really well financially, I'm so much better at saving and investing. And when we're going through that, then it's like you feel like you don't have enough because you're creating these habits of of basically building a life outside of your means, no matter what level that you're in, if that makes sense. So what you're saying is that you have money coming in, but you, you love to spend it. So it's, you don't create the wealth you desire. Would you like to be wealthy? I wouldn't just like it. I would love it. <laughs> and I do think I'm on my way, though. Really? 
Because if you really wanted to be wealthy, you would be. Because wealth doesn't come from what you earn. Wealth comes from what you do with what you earn. And wealth, there's only three steps to create wealth. Spend less, save more, invest wisely. And when you're not doing one of that, it's because a part of you doesn't want wealth. I know this from my life all the time. If I'm not where I'm wanting to be, it's because there's an internal conflict in me. Part of me wants it and part of it me doesn't. Part of me wants it and part of it doesn't believe it's possible. And so it's important to look at what, how you have been raised and what you believe is possible with wealth. So say someone's examining their behaviors and they're starting to realize that there must be some part of themselves that doesn't want to be wealthy. How do they get clear on that part of themselves so that they can start to mend it? Does it always come back to the messages that we were told as children? For example, what if somebody's parents were really good with money and they took on the opposite behaviors? So I'm just wondering what the steps are to really get clear on that. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard, and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says, <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small, and when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? 
It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. How do they get clear on that part of themselves so that they can start to mend it? Yeah, I do. So I have a new book coming out. And about ah, six years ago, I've been working with money minds. I've been working with psychology, spirituality to do with personal finance and weaving those together. And I discovered an article on neuroscience. And that article, it's like something in my brain, a light went off that said, oh, my God, this has been missing. This is the missing piece. So what happens is our behavior, let's just say the way we are with money, spending, spending too much, not saving enough. It is all our behavior with money is controlled by our brain. Our brain controls everything. Our brain controls all our behavior with everything. It controls our inhaling, exhaling, our spending and our saving. It controls everything. But our brain is controlled by our mind. And our brain is a physical organ in our body that runs on electrical chemical signals. But our mind is not an organ. It is a non-physical entity that is a source of our thoughts and our feelings. And so whatever our behavior is, it has come from our thoughts and our feelings, which have been there with us since the beginning of time. So let's say, for example, if... I grew up hearing not enough. There's just never enough. There's never enough. And that becomes a part of my thinking. And that becomes imprinted in my brain. And so your brain has what's called confirmation bias. Your brain will only see, will only make choices that confirm its belief. So you may say, I want to be wealthy. But if your brain says, no, you need to spend because there's never enough. So the idea is to really focus on training your mind to rewire your brain for that wealth and well-being. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, But how do you start to rewire your brain for financial success? Okay, I will tell you exactly how you do it. Rewiring your brain is very simple and excruciatingly difficult. (laughs) Fun. Because What? That sounds fun. (laughs) It is fun. It really is fun. I I will give you three simple steps to rewire. But let me just say a little about how excruciatingly difficult it is. But if you do these three steps, it's repetition that rewires the brain. Repetition rewires the brain. So if you keep doing these three steps, you will weaken old neural pathways that have been running your show and start building new neural pathways that create a new reality. So our brains developed over millennium, over millions of years with one purpose. Our brain, it's not to think, it's not to reason. That's not the purpose. Our brains evolved. The brain is here to keep us safe and make sure we survive. So anything that is at all remotely scary, our thinking brain will shut down and our fight, flight, and freeze will be motivated, will be activated. Okay, so that said, there are three steps to train your mind, to rewire your brain. And the three steps are, I will say them to you. I will 
tell you a little bit about what they are, and then I can give you an example. So the three steps are recognize, reframe, and respond differently. Recognize. That means you start observing your thoughts, particularly your negative thoughts. Just start observing. And since we're talking about money here, just start observing your negative thoughts about money or your negative thoughts or your judgmental thoughts or your critical thoughts. Just observe because nothing can be changed until you are aware of it. So notice, but then I want you to recognize it in a certain way. You observe these negative thoughts, not from judgment, but with curiosity. Oh, isn't that interesting? I'm having a thought about there's never enough. And then to what you just did is when you say, I am having a thought, you separate your thought. Not I am, I'm not enough or there's never enough, but I'm having a thought about. That separates you. And if you can see that that thought has been wired in your brain over your lifetime, it came from your past. It is not the truth. So observe with curiosity, not judgment, with curiosity. Oh, isn't that interesting? I am having a thought about. And the second step is to reframe, to look at how you can see it differently. Oh, how can I see this differently? There must be another way to see this. And for example, <laughs> there was one client I was working with who thought there, there's never enough. That she was raised, she she can't understand. She was an artist, but she lived in Italy, but she made a lot of money. She made a lot of money with her art. She was an extraordinary artist, but there was never enough. And she thought, how can I see this different? And she thought, there will always be enough. There's different ways to reframe this, but she just reframed, there will always be enough. Because the words we use that come out our mouth or go through our head are will create our reality. That's what they're like, little shovels that either dig the old neural pathways deeper or start creating new ones. So recognize those negative thoughts with curiosity, reframe it, even if it's, oh, this is an opportunity to reframe, to, to look at it differently, and then respond differently. Do what you don't want to do, what doesn't feel normal, what doesn't feel comfortable. Respond differently. And if you, the more you respond differently, the quicker you will start creating new neural pathways and weakening the old ones. I love that. I feel like just going through those steps is so is the same process I've used in so much of my healing from my past experiences. But as you were talking about this idea of wealth being feeling like you have enough, it's funny because I've made huge strides in my financial situation in the last few years, but I'm recognizing what I what my patterns were for the longest time. And like I said, for a long time and something I still have to work with now is my wanting to overspend. And part of that was because it's not like I felt like there was never enough. I felt like I always had enough. But if I'm looking, if like a financial planner was coming to look at my situation, they're like, okay, you've spent several hundred dollars on Kickstarter product projects this month, but you have nothing in savings. <laughs> so like, it was like, I was you know something? What? As, as my financial coach said to me long ago, she said, you can never get enough of what you don't really need. <laughs> that's so so you're spending on the Kickstarter or I was spending on face creams and that's not what I needed. What I needed, there was like a hole in my soul that needed something that those face creams weren't going to fill. There's something you're spending on that 
fills you up, but it's not what you need. So say you identify that there's a void there and you feel like you're filling it with these material things. And I have a lot of friends who do the same thing. So I feel like it's important to touch on. Oh, yes. How do you... How do you start to fill that void? Like, how do you start to separate those patterns that you've created with something that's new and healthier so that you can start to build wealth and have savings and have investments and all of that? That's a good question. And that's where the inner work comes in. That's when you have to look at what is it that you feel is lacking in you? What is it you crave? What is it you really need? And Melissa... It is never anything out there. Nothing out there will make you happy. Nothing out there will make you feel rich. Nothing out there will make you feel secure. Nothing. It has to come from within you. Another thing that comes up often is I know that there's a lot of, especially entrepreneurs that say, you know, the best investment that you can make is investing in yourself. (laughs) And I find that that is true on many levels, but I've also found that I've spoken to a lot of people that end up almost using that as another way to validate that they aren't worthy. Like they always need another course and another certification and another thing. And it becomes just another way to overspend. How do you know when is the right time to invest in yourself and when you're using it as another coping mechanism or distraction? If your life's not working the way you want it to work, then you have to look at what you're doing. And there's something I call SSA, serial seminar addiction. (laughs) It's like women, especially, and I only work with women. I don't work with men. So for, for the men, but I'm more familiar with working with women. When we don't believe we have enough or we don't wanna do the tough stuff that it takes to be a success, We just keep going to seminars and it it gives us the illusion, but not the safety of success. Oh, I had to sit with that one for a minute because I love a good conference or seminar, (laughs) but it is true. It reminds me, I used to do the same thing with books and I would just keep reading the next book and I was like, okay, well now I, I'll get one more. And it's like this, a fake productivity because I feel like I'm moving towards something, but I'm not doing any of the work that the books are telling me to do. I'm not actually applying what I've just learned and creating something. So that makes so much sense for me. (laughs) I remember when I was going through my money crisis, I was going to every seminar you could think of, not, not just money, but personal growth workshops. I was, I was, I had SSA to the max. I was an addict. And I couldn't stop. And I went to one workshop and we did a a meditation. And in this meditation, I wanted to know why I wasn't achieving success. Even though I was doing all the seminars and I was reading all these books, it felt like I was doing something. It gives you the illusion you're doing something. And I remember I had this vision of a farmer in the field digging, planting the fields and getting their fingernails dirty. Well, my Nicely polished fingernails would never get dirty. But the message for me is I needed to get my fingernails dirty. I needed to get in there and do the work that wasn't always seemed fun. And that's what I needed to do. And that's what I did. So usually the thing we need to do is the thing we're most scared to do. So you look at, Melissa, or anyone listening, if your life isn't exactly where you want it to be, you're not making the money, look at, (laughs) I'll give you the example. Mike, Mike, I have three daughters. Three daughters, they're in their 30s and 40s now. They, Whenever they feel stuck, whenever they feel unhappy, whenever they feel confused, 
They always call me and they always say what I should do. And they know exactly what I'm going to tell them. And I always say, what are you most scared to do? And they'll tell me. And I'll say, then that's exactly what you need to do. Because it's always the thing you fear that will lead you to success. It's like the fear is the indicator of where you should go. My One of my favorite quotes is by Joseph Campbell. And it says, the cave you fear to enter is where your treasure lies. So whatever you're scared to do, that may be stopping those seminars. That may be, or some of them, that may be raising your prices. That may be asking for a raise. That may be just whatever. Whatever you're scared to do, that is the path to success. That's that idea you mentioned before about stretching, stretching beyond what your comfort zone is. And the thing you mentioned after that was the thing that might be helpful to actually push through that fear is, is to get lots of support. And I wanted to go deeper into that. How do you recommend that people get support? Is it just asking the people around them like, hey, support me in this? Because what I found, especially if you haven't taken that scary path, a lot of the times the people around you are the people that are still stuck in the mindset that you're trying to overcome. So what tips do you have for giving, getting that support? So this is really important because under earners tend to surround themselves with negatives, People, pessimists, naysayers, not because they're bad people, but they're scared. So it's really important to find people who are playing at the level you want to play at. And there's there's several ways to do this. It's the same thing. Just you, if you create an intention and you start looking for those people. But for me, I know about 10 years ago, 10 years ago, my girlfriend, I had three girlfriends. We were all entrepreneurs and we put together a group. We called it the spotters group. Spotters, because you know, in a gym, how the guys are always asking guy another guy to spot them when they want to go lift heavier weights. In a gym, you never see a woman. I have never ever seen a woman ask a perfect stranger to spot them, and that's because we don't lift heavier weights. But in the world of work, in to overcome under earning to really reach greatness, we have to lift heavier weights, and it's important to surround yourself with people who are also on that path. And so we put together, it's, there's just four of us, but we've been meeting for almost 10 years now. I know I created a the Wealth Connection, an online community of women where we talk openly and honestly about money, not just from a practical, but from a spiritual and a psychological You look around, there are so many groups. And even if you just know a few people who are ahead of you in the game, even if you just use them as role models and watch them, even if you just say, can I pick your brain? Can I ask you a few questions? There are all kinds of ways to get support. And when you intend to have support, it'll it'll come to you if you look out for it and watch it and go after it. That's so true. I created what I call my circle of influence when I was first launching my podcast because I didn't know anybody that was currently doing this or successful in this. So first I scouted my Facebook friends for anyone that was doing something in the entrepreneurial path. And I clicked the little button to see them first. And then I went and followed a bunch of women that were doing the thing that were basically a few steps ahead of me in my current goals. And then found more people that were all the way, had already reached my goals, like were millionaires doing very, very well. So that I got to see people from all different tiers of 
what I was working towards. And it basically started to change my mindset of what I believed to be possible. Because every day when I logged onto social media, instead of seeing somebody's new baby pictures, I would see somebody posting about their new podcast episode or a new course they were launching. And I tell you, that circle of influence changed the way I viewed what I was doing. And it made each step feel so much more tangible than it had been before I had consciously surrounded myself with those people. Oh, Melissa, that was brilliant. That was so good. What a perfect example that we need to get support as one person. I, one woman I interviewed my secrets of six figure women. She said to me, success is a social activity. We cannot do it alone. So I love to leave people with some action items. And what do you think are three things that somebody can do starting now to really get smart about their money, especially somebody who might not have time for <laughs> to launch a new business or start anything else? I'll tell you, these are the three steps I did. And I still do them to this day, 30 some 40 years later. If you do, it's so much of getting smart or smarter about money is just it's small steps consistently taken. And you do these three steps for, I don't know, two, three months, you will be amazed at the difference. Three steps. Every day, read something about money, even if it's just for one minute, even if you're just perusing the headlines of the business section of the paper, even if you're standing in line at the supermarket, you take Money Magazine instead of People and leaf through it. Even if before you go to bed, you take a finance book and you read one paragraph. So, so much of getting smart or smarter is just familiarizing ourselves with the jargon and the current trends. It's amazing. I call it the osmosis school of learning. You just read something every day for a minute or two. Every week, you have a conversation about money, preferably with someone that knows more than you, because we, at least women, are not apt to talk about money. Or we'll moan and groan about it and complain about it. But when's the last time you found a girlfriend or a colleague or a family member and said, how did you get smart? What did you do? What are some of the mistakes you made? What's, what's the best advice you were given? What advice do you have for me? Just talk about money. That's how that's how I did it. I, I was interviewing those women for uh, Prince Charming Isn't Coming, and it was so powerful that I just kept doing it. I just After I finished the book, I just kept anybody who ha was smart about money, I just picked their brain, and people were so open about talking. So every day read something about money. Every week have a conversation about money. And then every month save automatically have money transferred from your payroll check or your checking account to a savings account. And it doesn't need to be a lot. Have five, $10 automatically. You fill out a form online. They automatically take the, the money out, put it in a savings account, and you'll be amazed with compounded interest how quickly that grows. So every day read, every week talk, every month save. You will be amazed how different you will feel. Well, thank you so much for all of your wisdom about money. I know this is something I'm still actively working on. And like I said, I've made huge strides in the past few years, but I also know that there's still a lot of work to be done. So I'm excited to check out the community that you mentioned. And for listeners that are interested in learning more about you, working with you and joining your community, and of course about 
your multiple books, where's the best place to connect with you online? It's my website. It's Barbara-Houston, H-U-S-O-N.com, Barbara-Houston.com. There's just a ton of information there. All of the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 171. Your challenge today is to define success. What does success really mean for you? The reason I'm having you do this first instead of digging into your finances is because often when we have negative feelings around money and we go into the universe asking for a specific sum of money, because we have negative feelings about that, we are subconsciously resisting the money at the same time. When you start to define what's really important in your life, what success looks like for you, and then you start to understand how much money it's going to take to achieve those things. First of all, sometimes it might be less than you think. Sometimes it's more. But now you've anchored the money into one of your values that you already feel positive, strong feelings about. With anything that we're trying to manifest in our life, the more clarity we can get and positive feelings we bring into that clarity, the more likely it is to occur for us because we stop subconsciously resisting our own goals. So it becomes really important to get clear on where we're holding onto the negative feelings and how we can replace those with something more positive. So when you're thinking, okay, I'm gonna bring in $15,000 in the next six months, Maybe that just feels like a long shot for you. But when you start to think, this year is gonna be the year that I take my family on that vacation or that we replace our car that might be dangerous to drive right now, whatever it happens to be, suddenly it becomes this need instead of just this lofty goal or desire. So get clear on that. And the more that you do that, it leads to more introspection of beginning to consciously create a life that you really desire. Please share this episode if you loved it. Take a screenshot, tag me at Mind Love Melissa and Mind Love Podcast, or just share it directly with a friend who you think might need it. That's really helpful too. This podcast grows mostly through word of mouth, so I'm so grateful for all of you who do continuously share the show, and especially for those of you who have taken the time to write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Not only does that help the growth of the show, but honestly, it feeds my soul so much. So as always, thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into Your Higher Frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. <laughs>